Welcome, and thank you for joining us. Today is August 24th, and this is our third episode. Today we are going to talk about the perils of debt, dangers of credit cards, and how to overcome debt in your life. But as always, before we jump into our topic, let's talk about what happened today in our history. But first, as always, let's discuss what happened today, August 24th, in American history. Today in 1814, during the War of 1812 between the United States and England, British troops entered Washington, D.C. and burned the White House in retaliation for the American attack on the city of York in Ontario, Canada in June of 1813. When the British arrived at the White House, they found that President James Madison and his First Lady Dolly had already fled to safety in Maryland. Soldiers reportedly sat down to eat a meal made of leftovers from the White House scullery using White House dishes and silver before ransacking the presidential mansion and setting it ablaze. According to the White House Historical Society and Dolly's personal letters, President James Madison had left the White House on August 22nd to meet with his generals on the battlefield. Just as British troops threatened to enter the capital before leaving, he asked his wife Dolly if she had the courage or firmness to wait for his intended return the next day. He asked her to gather important state papers and be prepared to abandon the White House at any moment. The next day, Dolly and a few servants scanned the horizon with spyglasses, waiting for either Madison or the British Army to show up. As British troops gathered in the distance, Dolly decided to abandon the couple's personal belongings and instead saved a full-length portrait of former President George Washington from desecration. Dolly wrote to her sister on the night of August 23rd of the difficulty involved in saving the painting, since the portrait was screwed to the wall. She ordered the frame to be broken and the canvas pulled out and rolled up. Two unidentified gentlemen from New York hustled it away for keeping. Unbeknownst to Dolly, however, the portrait was actually a copy of Gilbert Stewart's original. The task complete, Dolly wrote, and now, dear sister, I must leave this house or the retreating army will make me a prisoner in it by filling up the road I am directed to take. Dolly left the White House and found her husband at their predetermined meeting place in the middle of a thunderstorm. This was the last time that U.S. property was actually seized by a uh, foreign army. So it's, it's been, needless to say, a long t- time the War of 1812, uh, this event taking place in 1814, it's been over 200 years. So we're we're not still facing these kinds of threats. However, there are internal threats that we face every day. One of those biggest is internal to ourselves, and that being the dangers of debt in our lives and it's it's effect as a enemy that can actually hurt our our credit score our lifestyle and the way we live they can even be threatening to our immediate family depending on how bad things get with that being said today we are going to discuss the dangers of debt on living the lives we want 
Since the Great Recession, many Americans whom should have cut back on their lifestyles spending because they were earning less income made the decision to maintain or increase their lifestyle through the use of debt, unfortunately. With people becoming increasingly more willing to spend on consumer items and lifestyle enhancements before they actually earn the money, debt is increasingly common. Meaning, without thinking about it, people are deciding to go into debt and pay off the items over years rather than saving for a short time and buying the item outright. In such, they are selling their future for an item that will most likely wear out before it is ever paid off. In such, debt is quickly becoming a new form of modern slavery. While for the most part when discussing this act, I am speaking about consumer debt, which causes many financial issues. To be clear, there is both good and bad debt. Good debt is debt that is used in business every day with little to no issue. It is leveraged to invest in a business or acquire new skills that can increase one's earning capability, well beyond the cost of borrowing. Even with good debt, though, you have another way to pay for that expense. It is always best to do so and not have the additional debt payments to cover the interest or fees involved in obtaining the financial support. Keep in mind, you're not only paying for the item that you're purchasing, but you're paying for the right to borrow money to pay for the item you are purchasing. Bad debt, however, is using borrowed money to fund current expenses and lifestyle choices like vacations, clothing, and nights out on the town, and declining assets like cars and home appliances. Debt in the form of credit cards and home equity loans often come at an exceedingly high price, and a lot of the time it becomes harder over time as that debt builds up to pay it off, getting us deeper and deeper in a hole. As of 2018, overall consumer debt reached a record of $13.5 trillion. Uh, this is uh, per a Bloomberg report, while student loan debt ballooned to a record $1 trillion. Another article published by CNBC pointed out the average millennial, who's someone classified as 18 to 34, I, I know there's some argument as to who qualifies as a millennial, um, had about 36000 in personal debt, excluding home mortgage last year. Furthermore, more than half a of Americans out there don't know when or if they'll ever be able to pay off what they owe. Almost 20% of those expect to die with some form of debt. This means you're dying under the control of someone else because you're, give, you're working hard for your paycheck and then you're giving half if not more of that paycheck to pay for something that is completely useless for, to you now. For these individuals, debt has become a life sentence of payments that they will never free themselves from. But it doesn't have to be this way. In fact, it should never be that way. Debt, in one sense, is a gamble that you will earn enough tomorrow to cover what you spend today. And for a lot of people, they don't even think about how it's going to affect tomorrow. They just want the items that they're going to pay for today. And they don't even see it as paying for it because they don't see the money coming out of their paycheck right now to uh, to buy this item. They just see the item showing up. 
Unfortunately, these assumptions about future earnings are almost always wrong. We never know what tomorrow will bring, which, I mean, 2020 is proof of that. Or if we will actually be able to pay off the debt. We don't know the challenges tomorrow may bring and are only increasing our financial issues by locking ourselves into paying off debt that we incur. And keep in mind, you never know. If you're working for someone else, you never know what's going to happen to your job. You, you, I mean, the business may go under. They, the business might have financial issues which cause layoffs. As long as you're working for someone else, your job's not safe. If you're working for someone else, as long as we don't have a repeat of 2020, you kind of control what happens to your job. However, 2020 proved even then, I mean, things are questionable. And even good debt, debt incurred to purchase a home, invest in a business, or purchase additional education and earnings should always be questioned. Will these decisions pay off in the long run? Or will they become another trap that we find ourselves paying down for years to come with no relief in sight? So, what now? Should we just give up and come to the realization that debt is a fact of life that we can never escape? Well, of course not. There, There is always a way out. Not only is there a way out, but there is also a way forward for those who truly want to live debt-free. Though we may all fall down from time to time, it doesn't mean we have to die under a mountain of debt. With a little discipline and hard work, we can reap a bountiful harvest of wealth and prosperity. It all begins with aggressively disciplining ourselves in the short term. It's not an impossible feat to obtain a debt-free life. If you start small and watch your spending, you can decrease your debt, gain more money over time which as Dave Ramsey proved or points out repeatedly it's almost the only thing he ever says if you pay off the small credit cards you'll have more money to pay off the bigger credit cards all it takes is a will to form and keep good financial habits it requires foregoing consumer purchases such as a new automobile vacations clothing and expensive electronics in the short term while you pay off this debt uh, a bit of belt tightening now will lead to freedom from debt and stress and the ability to make those bigger payments in the future. We can even create a legacy to pass down to our next generation. Not only a monetary legacy, but also a legacy of discipline and achievement. And isn't that what we all want to leave? I mean, we only have so many days on this planet. We We might as well leave something that our descendants can remember us by. Now, it's always easier to avoid getting trapped in debt than to climb out of it. The best way is not to be in debt in the first place. It's to avoid debt altogether for by ensuring you're proactive about managing your money. Avoiding debt requires you to establish a sound financial plan and steer clear of the foolish whims that brings short-term satisfaction, but cause long-term hardship on your bank account. If you want to buy something, I'm not saying don't buy it. What I'm saying is figure out how much the how much it's going to cost and put money away for one, two, three, four, maybe even five months, and then just pay for it outright. 
Now, it's always easy to run up enormous amounts of debt through small purchases that if you waited a few days or a couple weeks, you could pay cash for. Unfortunately, if we pay credit for these small purchases, our, our credit card bills start coming in and we have less and less money to pay them off, then we start paying for our normal bills using our credit cards, and it, it gets us into a bad situation. I mean, Americans owed $979 billion on their credit cards at the end of 2016, or about $8,377 per household. It's becoming commonplace to let student loans, $1.34 trillion owed, Car loans, $1.2 trillion, or mortgage payments, $8.5 trillion, uh, threaten our financial stabilities. Instead of being another part, of this, this, another part of this statistic, we need to take a proactive approach and make better use of our time and money by taking some initiative, starting early, and protecting your finances. We can do this better. So... Why is debt bad for you? I, I mean, everyone uses debt. It's not that bad, right? Wrong. Uh, simply put, debt causes stress in all aspects of our lives. Um, I'm sure you've thought it on numerous occasions, a little debt won't hurt. I can pay it off with no issues. Unfortunately, that's how this whole debt snowball in the bad sense, not in the Dave Ramsey sense, but this uh, things just snowball out of control. You make a small purchase on a credit card, and before you know it, you're thousands of dollars in debt. But, okay, if everyone's in debt, what's wrong with being in debt? Well, to begin, debt encourages you to spend more than you can afford. One of the larger problems is that debt tempts you to keep spending even when you can't afford your payments. Part of the allure of debt is that you get an emotional high from getting new things now without immediately feeling the pain of parting with the money later. Un unless you, you purposely think about the cost, it can feel like you're getting something for nothing. But eventually, that spending will catch up with us, and it sucks when it does. I, I, I mean, the pain can be seen as second issue with debt being what debt costs money. Debt feels like you're getting free stuff when you're swiping that card or signing loan documents. Unfortunately, this is just an illusion. You pay a price for that debt, and that price is in the form of interest. The higher the interest rate and the longer you take uh, to pay it off, the more you'll end up paying for your debt. When it's all said and done, it would have been less expensive and way easier to wait and pay cash for the item. The only exception might be an interest-free loan or 0% APR credit card. But keep in mind, even these have, uh, have traps in them. Um, they have limits and any benefit can be lost if you default on your payment or pay just the minimum amount. Keep in mind, if, after a said date, all that interest comes back if it's not paid off. Of course, if you use the credit card and pay off your balance on time and in full every month, 
you won't have to pay any interest. As well as being a good way to build credit and track what you're spending, this is really the only good way to use a credit card though. And unless you pay it off 100% of the time, my suggestion is don't use a credit card at all. And the reason for that is it only takes one time. Only one time of going, I really need this money now. I'm going to pay the minimum payment and then everything gets out of control. Anytime you take out a loan or charge your credit card, you're borrowing money that you hope to earn in the future. In other words, you're spending money paying for something you've already used up, may have gotten rid of, and don't get any value from anymore. Then you continue to pay for it and for the right of borrowing the money you used to buy it. For example, if you buy a $2,000 living room set on your credit card at 11%, then only make the minimum payment, you'll end up paying more than $3,600, which is $1,600 more for the set by the time you pay it off. Even if you decide to smartly raise your monthly payment to $100 and pay off the balance, you still end up paying close to $220 more than the cost of the furniture. On the other hand, you can decide you need a new set. Then put away the $150 a month for 14 months and pay for the set in full at no extra cost. When it's all said and done, debt, especially credit card debt payments, limit the amount of money you have. It limits your opportunities and it limits your options. The more debt you accumulate, the more your monthly payment will be and the less you have to spend on anything else. Not only that, but I mean, debt can hurt your relationships. For instance, it can totally hurt your marriage. One of the biggest issues marriages face is financial issues. Increased debt has been known to place unnecessary pressure on the household's finances, creating a lack of security for your spouse and your children. When both partners feel overwhelmed, it can spark arguments about spending habits, who is creating more debt, and how much debt they are creating. Unfortunately, over time, these fights continue to escalate and lead to a breakdown in the marriage, eventually possibly leading to divorce. And then debt can even kill you. When you're in debt, it's hard not to worry about how you're going to make your payments or how you'll keep from taking on more debt to make ends meet. The stress from debt can lead to severe health problems, including ulcers, migraines, depression, and even heart attacks. The deeper you get into debt, the more likely it is that you will face these health complications. So, I mean, we all know the negative effects of debt, but with so much bad points in debt. Why do people end up staying in debt? Well, they worry about what everyone else thinks. They are unwilling to sacrifice. They lose hope and give up. Or they just aren't managing their money properly. I mean, one of the biggest things is trying to keep up with the Joneses. But little do we all know that 
the Joneses are broke. They don't have two nickels to rub together. They have a leased car, problems making their mortgage, and are paying off one credit card with another. Now, why would anyone want to keep up with them? If if you even try to keep up with the Joneses, you're you're going to end up following them all the way into bankruptcy. If you do find yourself having this issue, take some time. Break away from social media. Turn off the TV. And look around at what you have gained throughout your life. Many times we have plenty to be thankful for, but we don't see the whole picture. It's, it's the whole, you know, can't see the trees from the forest. It's these times that we just need to take a breath and break away from the outside influence of our consumer society telling us we always need more. Another reason um, is we give up hope. Unfortunately, when people find themselves buried in thousands of dollars in debt, it's easy to feel like they're trapped and there's no way out. After making payments month after month and seeing no headway on the debt going down, sometimes people feel like they never will see the light at the end of a very dark and frightening tunnel. If you can't find a reason to keep up the fight sooner or later, you'll probably just throw in the towel. Staying in debt can be more, a lot more comfortable than fighting to get out of it. If you've always used the credit card and you've always had a car payment, sometimes it's hard to make the change. I mean, it's, it's just what everyone does. It's what you're used to. Um, and finally, probably the biggest reason is us as Americans, we're just not good with managing our money. According to the U.S. survey by um, U.S. Bank, only 41% of Americans follow a budget at all. And out of those that do, I, I don't know how many of them actually created and maintain and follow a real decent budget. Um, I'm sure about the same amount of people can tell you where their money went last month um, or where it's planning to end up next month. And the truth is money follows those who take care of it. If you don't have a plan for your money, you, you aren't taking care of it and it's going to leave you. Managing your money means more than just tracking it though. Your expenses after you've already spent them, you have to be prepared ahead of time. The simplest way to create a budget is with Excel or other spreadsheet program. Sit down with last month's bills and then put them in the spreadsheet. Add all revenue streams and add in your average grocery, gas, and other expenses. This may need to be adjusted, but at least it'll give you a starting point to see how much you have after all your expenses are paid and you can look at paying off your debt with any extra you have. Once this is done, you can finally wave goodbye to stressing out about your money. I mean, having a sound money management plan can be the light at the end of the tunnel for people trying to get their financial life in order. As stated previously, a major reason people find themselves in financial problems is that they don't know how to take care of their money. If you 
if you're like me and have several bank accounts, credit cards, an IRA, and uh, the like, um, it, it, it becomes very freaking, very daunting and very confusing at times. If you don't get organized and learn ways to better manage your money, you'll feel like you're swimming against the current. Managing your money, like anything else, uh, takes time and commitment to master. But anyone who ever took control of their finances went through this. So don't don't feel overwhelmed. And there's places you can look for help. And getting your financial life in order sooner rather than later is probably one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. I mean, there, there's 10 steps to managing uh, your money properly. And the first one is understanding your current financial sis, uh, situation. Understanding what income you have coming in versus what expenses you have coming out. And with income, uh, count, count on your net income, not your gross income. One of the mistakes a lot of people make is they go, well, I make whatever an hour, you know, $20 an hour. And I, I, if I, as long as, and I work 40 hours a week, as long as I don't spend more than $800 a week, I'll be good. Well, no, if you spend $800 a week and you're only making $800 a week, you're actually spending more than you're taking home after taxes. But so have a real good understanding of your current financial situation. Then create a budget. Set personal priorities and financial goals. What do you want to do with that money? Establish an emergency fund. It's it's crucial that you have an emergency fund. And it doesn't have to start big. If it starts $500, that's perfect to take care of most little situations. I mean, go going to a mechanic or something for your car instead of having to put it on a credit card. Uh, slash or remove unnecessary expenses, consolidate your debt, pay off debt, save for retirement, and finally, schedule a regular progress report. So the first step is un- understanding your current financial situation, your income versus your expenses. Before you can start managing anything else, you need to know how much of it you actually have. Just like driving your car. Just like driving. Um your car you you can't get to your destination without knowing where you already are the most basic step to understanding your current financial situation is to sit down and record all your regular monthly income and expenses in an excel spreadsheet ask anyone off the top of their head to tell you how much they spend a month on everything and they probably will not be able to do this this isn't rare many people actually don't have any idea the total amount of expenses they generate on a given month. This is a problem, but there is an easy solution. Here it is. For one month, keep track of all your expenses. Take all your receipts, groceries, restaurants, utilities, gas, etc., and look at your bank statement and add up all your expenses. Remember to keep track of expenses paid by cash as well as credit card. For some people, it can be a wake-up call to realize how much they actually spend on items such as groceries or dining out. The idea is to have all of your expenses, both variable and fixed, accounted for to get a total amount. This will allow you to see the whole picture and know how to manage your expenses going forward. 
then you'll want to compare your historical performance over time. So do it for the first month to start putting together your budget. But keep doing it and see if it changes. See if it goes down. Hopefully what you pay on your credit card bills is going to drop because you're going to pay those bills off. So unlike expenses, most people know how much they make a month in income. This is the difference between income and expenses. Most people know their full monthly income but have less knowledge of their full monthly expenses. Nonetheless, the point of knowing your income is to figure out your total expenses and subtract from your total income for the month to ensure you have a positive net income at the end of the month. If you end up with a negative number, it means you spent more than you made. Even though changes need to be made, this is not something that you need to panic over. You need to reduce your spending and expenses until the total reaches zero. If you end up with a positive number, awesome, high five. You, you're, you're, you're good. At least you don't make as much as you spent. It means um, you're, you're good for the month. You're, you're not looking at bankruptcy at least. If it is a one-time event, however, work toward making a consi- consistent occurrence. Once you understand your expenses and income and have a firm understanding of the money coming in and out of your life, it's time to take some additional steps to best manage your money. So the next step is to set personal priorities and your financial goals. Once you have laid out your current financial situation, determine whether it aligns with your values um, that you've set for yourself and your family as a whole. For example, if spending weekends with your family is a priority, paying for a housekeeping service might make sense as it adds um, free time. However, it may not make as much sense to pay for that same housekeeping service if travel is a priority for you because you'll have less money um, since you're spending it on housekeeping. So defining what you want to achieve with your money can make this process of creating a viable budget much easier. Though priorities may change based on the situation you're currently in, your list of preset goals will stay relatively steady. Creating financial goals can be both exciting and exhilarating. After all, who doesn't love the idea of travel, a new home, more family time, and a rich retirement life? I mean, these are the things that we work for, right? We don't survive to work, we work to survive, or we work to live. Um, Yet before we get swept away with uh, dreaming about financial freedom, we need to really figure out what our goals are and set a plan to meet those goals. In order to reach these goals, we'll first need to create a plan encompassing both our financial obligations and saving up for life that we want. So, then we need to create and stick to a budget. The first step to actually creating this budget um, or plan, once we know what we have coming in, what we have going out, and the goals we have for our money, is, is to figure out how we're going to pay for everything. And then to create our budget. Finally, to stick to the plan. Um, 
creating and sticking to a budget might seem a little tough to achieve at first, but it pays off in the end. Budgeting helps us see with clarity and full transparency our financial situation and better manage our money. It's the first step to help us pay off debt, start saving for the future, and those things we want, such as a house, car, or the big goal should that should be for everyone not having to work anymore retirement it's what brings balance to our financial life and gives us finally peace of mind to begin building this budget allocate about 50 percent of your after-tax income for needs including groceries housing utilities transportation insurance childcare, and minimum debt payments um and anything else you that's a necessity in your life. Any debt payments beyond the minimum goes into the savings and debt for payment category. And if your absolute essentials overshoot the 50% mark, well, we're going to need to dip into the wants portion of our budget until we can pay things down or find more income. Even if the necessities fall under the 50% cap, revisiting these fixed expenses occasionally is smart. You may find a cheaper deal, better cell phone plan, an opportunity to refinance our mortgage, or less expensive insurance. Then we want to leave 30% of our income for wants you may have. The largest thing is being able to separate your wants from your needs. Separating wants from needs can be difficult at times. In general, though, needs are essentially those things that we need to live or work. Typical wants include dinners out, gifts, travel, and entertainment. However, sometimes it's not an easy decision. For instance, is a gym membership and or, or organic groceries a want or a need? Well, decisions like this may vary from person to person. If your priority is to get out of debt as fast as you can, you may decide your wants can wait until you have some savings or your debts are under control. But your budget shouldn't be so austere that you can never buy anything or enjoy a night out. It, it needs to give a little wiggle room and some money set aside to spend just for the things you want. Keep in mind your budget is a tool to help you. It's, it's not handcuffs. It's not shackles to keep you from enjoying your life. If there's no money for fun, you're not going to follow your budget. Once you set aside the 50% for your necessities, commit 20% of your income to savings and debt repayment, and then use 20% of your after-tax income to put something away for the unexpected. Save for the future and pay off debt. Now make sure that uh, you keep the big financial picture in mind. That may mean two-stepping between savings and debt repayment to accomplish your most pressing goals. Some suggestions that uh, I would have for priorities for the 20%, um, though um, everyone's priorities are going to differ a little bit, um, is you need to start an emergency fund. As, as I said, this doesn't need to be the six months of uh, your income in, in case you get laid off. That, that's, that's a different fund, and your emergency fund will build into that fund, but at first set aside $500 um, 
it's enough to cover small emergencies and repairs and then build from there. Um, the other thing is if your employer offers 401 matching, contribute at least enough to grab the maximum. It's, it's free money. You might as well get it. It's doubling your money. And it, it's, it's foolish not to do something that's going to double the money you have for retirement. Uh, with that being said, don't go over that, uh, that match um, maximum. Then work at getting rid of your toxic debt. Any high interest credit card debt, personal and payday loans, title loans, rent to own payments. These all carry interest rates so high that you end up repaying two, three, maybe even more times what, uh, what you borrowed. Then start saving for retirement. Once you've freed yourself from any toxic debt, the next task is to get yourself on track for retirement. Aim to save 15% of your gross income. That includes your company match, if there is one. Um, now, diversify this. Don't, don't just put it into your 401k, because the 401k might, might dry up. Uh, Roth IRAs and stocks, bonds, uh, all, all kinds of things. My suggestion, max, max out your 401k. Then, once you max out the employer contribution on your 401k, uh, max out what you can put into a Roth. Once that's maxed out, start looking at uh, additional mutual funds, additional stocks, additional investments that you can go into. Um, if, if you want to save silver and gold, perfect. Save silver and gold. Though, silver and gold should never be more than 20% of your uh, entire uh uh, portfolio. Once once you're saving for retirement, uh, then you can start increasing your emergency fund. Regular contributions can help you build up to six months worth of living expenses. Finally, priority number six is the debt repayment. These are repayments um, beyond the minimum required to pay off your remaining debt. If you've already paid off your toxic debt, which remember, that was way up in your priorities with um, being priority number three. But after that, you have your non-toxic debt. Um, now what's left should be your lower rate, often tax deductible uh, debt, such as a mortgage, uh, maybe student loans. And then you want to tackle these only after you've gotten your other financial ducks in a row. But you want to pay these off too, because I mean, the more you pay off, the more freedom you have. Any wiggle room you have here comes from the money available for wants or from savings on your necessities, not your emergency fund and definitely not your retirement savings. Then finally, it's you. Um, all, all, all the additional money, make it work for you. Um, increase your retirement, start a business. Uh, I mean, write a book what whatever you want to use that money for it, it's it's yours get some rental property i i don't know it's it's completely up to you um because you're now in a great position and you've built an emergency fund you've paid off your toxic debt you're paying off your uh, other debt um you're you're socking away 15% towards a retirement nest egg 
you've built a habit of savings that gives you immense financial flexibility and freedom and you've broken away from the shackles of debt congratulations um we're we're going to have more episodes that get deeper into this stuff but pretty much the biggest takeaway from this is like i said at least a hundred times no one wants to be in debt um that's like one of the worst things you can do to yourself and your immediate family with that being said we all wind up there i was there um i i had a great job though none of my money was going to me it was all going to my credit card payments and other stuff i i started hating life and it it was just miserable for myself and everyone else pay paid off some of that debt i'm still paying off some of that debt but uh just by paying off the toxic debt the credit cards and everything else my life is so much better and yours can too i hope you found this episode uh informative um our our next episode's actually going to take us away from uh dead and gig jobs and some of the other stuff we've spoken about in our first three episodes and we're going to be talking about some of the things going on with in our country and uh and some of the decisions that are being made at uh both state and federal levels uh throughout our country with the current protests and everything um it's it should be a really good episode and we're lo- really looking forward to that all so we joined uh by uh kim who has a lot to say on uh what's going on with our first amendment rights um like i said i'm really looking forward to that and i hope you join us have a great day and i'll talk to you again on wednesday